Thank you.
I, I can't figure you guys out today. I can't tell whether you're just being really serious or if you're not in the Christmas spirit yet. Are you in the Christmas spirit yet? Are you like excited about Christmas? Because it's coming up. You're running out of time. If you have bought no gifts like I have not bought gifts yet, you're, you got one week to go. Okay, that wasn't funny. Let's just go ahead. I made it worse. <laughs> I made it worse. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat. It's good to be together today. Let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Can we stand together? Father, I just pray that the desires of their hearts are met today from you, that they hear what they need to hear to encourage their faith and knowledge of you, that, Father, that the, the difficulties of their life have answers, that the struggles that they might be going through might be given hope, and that through all this that we do today, Lord God, that you are glorified in their decisions to follow you and trust you. We love you, and we just thank you. Christmas is about you. It really is. And we just thank you for that son that you sent to this earth to save us from our sins. We love you so in Jesus we pray. And all God's people said? Yes. Okay, that was actually really good, so I won't make you do it again. Let's worship. Kids are here. <laughs>
Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every
Do you believe that today? He's here. And if your Savior is Jesus Christ, he's indwelling you right now. What's he saying to you? What's he speaking to you about your life? What's he speaking to you about what you believe? This next song uh, is called I Believe. And it's designed to help people who may not know who Jesus Christ is, know what we as believers truly believe. And so as believers, when you get to that part where maybe we sing something that you believe, that we identify as a belief of yours, sing it out, sing it out loud. Let let your neighbors, even if you can't sing and you sound horrible, (laughs) sing it out so your neighbor at least knows that you believe it with all your heart. Because if you'll sing it poorly, you really got to believe it. So as we get to this next song, I just want you to, to, to really feel what we're trying to share, that we, we really believe in the gospel. We really believe that it washes sins white as snow. Do you believe that? Yeah. Let's sing that out when we sing it together. Amen. Just white as snow, I believe that the power of the gospel still walks breaking whole. I believe that the curse of sin was broken when they rolled away that stone. I believe, I believe, I believe. As I bow before the Lord, I will rise in confidence. I will see. Start falling when we fall down on our knees. I believe that the lame will go walking and the blind are gonna see. I believe that the gates of hell will tremble when the church begins to sing. I believe, I believe, I believe. And as I bow before you, Lord, I will rise. I will see your goodness, Lord, in the land I'm living in. And no matter where I go, and no matter where I've been, I will see your goodness, Lord, in the land I'm living in. Sing it to the daughters sing it to the sun to every generation look at what the Lord has done sing it to the darkness cause the light has come sing it to the nations look at what the Lord has done sing it to the daughters to the sons, to every generation. 
kids to know that we believe this stuff. We don't just come to church to say that we believe something. We actually believe what the scriptures say. We actually believe what we preach. We actually believe what God says. We actually believe it enough to live our lives according to it. Is that not true? Make sure your kids know that. Amen. Let's go ahead and dismiss the the little ones today. Teenagers, I am so sorry you have to stay with me today. So you're with me. But I do need two very courageous teenagers to come forward and help me with something. Two very courageous teenagers. It will just take a second. Oh, look at look. I got two right here. So out on the coffee table, there's two boxes of cookies. So if you're a teenager, I want you to pass the cookies out to the teenagers. Don't pass them out to the adults. They don't need cookies. They'll just eat cookies and not pay attention to what's been going on. So they're out there on the table. You may be seated. 
Teens get cookies. That's what happens on Sunday at New Life. We want them to know how sweet the life is in Jesus Christ. Amen? And as an adult, you should already know that. Amen? You guys sang good. Kind of made me wonder when I first came in, you were so quiet and so, so serious. Which I think that's good. It doesn't go with the theme of the Christmas Eve service, which is joy to the world. The Lord has come. Okay. And the. <laughs> okay. I'd say turn in your Bible too, but there's so many places we're going to go today that um, you're just going to have to catch us. Pat, you don't need a cookie. You need to pay attention. See white powdery stuff on his. We're still in a series the day before another day, and I know what normally happens is, is churches, we start gearing towards Christmas, and I'm going to talk about Christ, so I hope that's okay, but it's not really a Christmas message. I'll do Christmas message on the 24th, uh, but today we're going we're gonna to talk about miracles. Not the way you think we're going to talk about miracles. I think that's my favorite thing to do is to talk about things that you think I'm going to talk about, but I don't talk about that the way that you think I'm going to talk about it because you already have, you already have it predetermined in your mind what I'm going to talk about, and I'm not going to talk about that. When Gideon was first approached by God, he wasn't the picture of strength. He was fearful, he was doubtful, and he questioned God. But if you read his story in Judges chapter 6, 7, and 8, chapter 8, you find Gideon strong and courageous and living victorious. He's not the same man. He's been changed. This weakling of a man was transformed into a triumphant warrior for truth. He was the least in his family. He thought the least about himself. He didn't think he was capable of doing anything great. And he did great things for the kingdom of God. There are many miracles that God performs. There are many miracles that God performs. I still believe that God heals, that God helps, that God encourages. But the greatest miracle of all, and I think the miracle that I think we're, we all should focus on more than ever, is the miracle of transformation. I know that was really, you were looking for something greater than that. I could tell that. You built it up so good. It amazes me how God can take a man who, or a woman who believes in Jesus Christ and who believes in the offering of Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins and they trust Jesus for that and receive Jesus to be their savior and how the spirit of God is imparted into that man or that woman's life can take a man or a woman who by what the scripture says is natural for us to be and change them. What would be natural for us to be? Second Timothy chapter three and verse one through five. We're not going to go there, but I'm, I'm just going to kind of summarize it. Naturally, we are lovers of our own selves. We love ourselves. We love ourselves. Come on, naturally, we love ourselves.
We always put ourselves first. We always, I mean, it's just our, our nature. Men only love ourselves and their money. That's what the scripture teaches in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Men love themselves and their money. They're more concerned about how much money they have. They're more concerned about what they do with it. They're more concerned about their jobs than they are anything else. By nature, men are boastful and proud. I, I, I love talking to men because men, men will always try to one-up you on their story. So you tell them a story about something that you experienced and they got to tell you something that was more grandiose than whatever you just shared with them. By nature, we want to be better than others. We want to have a better story, no matter how stupid it is. Okay. <laughs> by nature, we scoff at God. By nature, we, and I'm talking just by our nature, we don't need God like we think we do. We live our lives without him. And a lot of the times, even people who claim to be believers in Jesus Christ, you can live all week long without God's involvement in your life. And then you plug him in on Sunday if it's convenient. Okay, that was fun. <laughs> Men are disobedient to their parents. And I'm not talking about teenagers being disobedient to their parents because that makes sense by nature they would do that. I'm talking about adult children being disobedient to their parents. See, you want me to beat up on teenagers, but I like teenagers. They're ungrateful. By nature, we are ungrateful. We, we, God will bless us, and we're not, we don't give him thanks. By nature, men consider nothing sacred except for themselves and their money. See, there used to be things that we held sacred. I remember as a younger man, we held sacred whenever the church gathered, and it didn't matter what day it was, if the church gathered, we were there because that was sacred. Now we've got to check our schedule to see what's most important in our lives, what's of most value. That's the nature of man to do what's best for themselves. Men who are unloving, they're unforgiving. Men who slander others have no self-control. This is by nature. Men who are cruel and hate what is good. Men who betray their friends are reckless, puffed up with pride. By nature, we are prideful people. Men who love pleasure more than they love God. I, I'm surprised. If you love soccer and you came to church today, praise God for you. Because you said no to soccer and you said yes to church. Now, some of you have stayed home for your football games, which I'm talking real football, not the round football. <laughs> Hopefully, Angela will play this back and listen to it. Because... <laughs> love pleasure more than they love God. Men who act religious but reject godliness. Like I can act like I'm holy and righteous, but that doesn't mean I'm godly, like God. That doesn't mean I live like God. That's by nature. That's who we are by nature. Great. Thank you, Pastor Andy. I'm glad I came to church today so I can get such negativity thrown at me. We've only just begun. I've got more. <laughs> Think about that man. Think about that person. Think about that woman. 
by nature. How through meeting Jesus Christ can be miraculously transformed into somebody not anything like that. The miracle of how God can take somebody who by nature is loving themselves and loving their money and by supernatural transformation make them love God and love others. That's an amazing miracle. Some of you have experienced that as kids. Maybe your dad or your mom got saved and, and you saw this transformation in them. I, I remember my, uh, dad, when my dad got saved, my older brothers and sisters said he was kind of an angry man. And when I met him, he was not angry at all. But maybe it's because I was the perfect son. But he was joyful and he was at peace and he loved God and he loved people and he served the church and he, I just, I saw this good side of him, but talk to my brothers and sisters who were older. He was a terror. And some of you have seen that in your parents, how Jesus Christ has transformed. Your, your mom, your mom was selfish and self-centered. And now all of a sudden she becomes sacrificial and loving. Okay. You guys haven't seen that one yet. Is that, is that what you're telling me? How Jesus Christ can miraculously transform somebody who by nature is selfish and self-centered and have them be selfless and loving. It's a miracle. And this isn't out of a method or a myth, but a miraculous work of God. This isn't just because you learned a better way to be a human. This is a literal change that you used to be this way. You met Jesus Christ and now you're this way. What happened? There's a miracle that happened. And it still happens. And it can happen today. So there's three miracles we're going to talk about today. Three miracles that I believe are the greatest miracles. The miracles that we should be looking for. I know some of you want physical healing and I pray that God does that but that's not as cool as transformational healing the first miracle of God the first miracle that I think is the greatest miracle and we just kind of gloss over it it's death to life the greatest miracle how God can take us who are spiritually dead and bring us to spiritual life through Jesus Christ See, this is the miracle that everybody wants to see to believe that there's a God, that God would raise the dead. But how he does that is by raising the spiritually dead and transforming them from death unto life. John chapter 5 and verse 24 says, now I tell you the truth, or it doesn't say now, I just said that. Now I'm telling you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who, who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death unto life. And I assure you that the time is coming, and indeed here now, it's here now, when the dead will hear my voice. The dead will hear my voice, meaning that you have to be physically alive to hear his voice, because what the problem is, you're spiritually dead that they'll hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who will listen will live. It's my favorite miracle, how people can go from death unto life, spiritually. 
This is where transformation begins. This is where without being born again, you will never pass from death into life. You will physically die and then you will spiritually die and be separated from God for eternity in a place called hell, which nobody wants to talk about hell. Everybody wants me to skip over that and gloss over it, but that's a reality for those who do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. See, being born again, as that's what we're talking about, is the origin of Christianity. The beginning of Christianity in our lives is the moment that we pass from death unto life. And it is a miraculous movement of God to take us from death to life. Jesus discussed this in his conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Jesus told him that you can't enter the kingdom of God. You can't go to heaven unless you're born again. And Nicodemus said, what, do I got to enter my mother's womb a second time? Because he didn't understand. And Jesus said, no, you need to be born of water and of the spirit. Born of water means natural birth. Amen. Being born of the spirit is a spiritual birth. So that means this, that when we are naturally born by our mother, when we come to physical life, there's also a spiritual transformation that has to occur because we're born spiritually dead. See, this isn't a repair or a restoration or a rehabilitation of life. This is literally a regeneration. This is where something in us spiritually is dead and needs to be brought to life. And it's a miracle that it happens. This spiritual contention must be addressed through faith in God's desire for redemption. God, we got to believe that God wants to save us from our sins, that God wants to give us life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his only one and only son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. Scripture says that God's not willing that any should perish but all should come to repentance. He, he wants to save us. He, and you've got to understand that God wants to bring you to life. God wants to bring you from spiritual death to spiritual life. It is his desire. So much he wants to do that that he would sacrifice his one and only son as payment for your sins so that you can trust in him, not have to trust in yourself to have eternal life. You can come, go from death unto life because of what Jesus Christ did for you. God so loves you that he gave his only son. I would not do that for you. I love my son more than I love you. I mean, you're nice people. Some of you. I just don't know all of you, so I can't really say that as a blanket statement. But the reality is, I, I couldn't do that. I, I just, I, 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 I couldn't do that. But he knew the only way for us to have our sins forgiven is if somebody innocent, his son, paid for the sins of the guilty. And so he did that for us. And you've got to come to this understanding that God wants to save you. This spiritual death must be addressed through personal confession and repentance. First John 1 John 1.9 says, but if we confess our sins to him, that's just literally saying that I know, I know that by nature I'm a sinner, that I'm spiritually dead that I'm physically alive, I'm physically alive, but I'm spiritually dead, and I need to recognize that my sins have done that. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans 6.23 says, the wage of sin is death, meaning what I've earned for what I've done against God is death, spiritual death, and I need to come to life. And so to do that, I need to confess my sins to him. I need to go to him and say, I am a sinner in need of a savior. 
I can't do it anymore. I need life. I need to come to spiritual life. I may be physically alive, but I'm spiritually dead. Some of you might feel that more in your life than others. You might feel a spiritual death in your life. The spiritual transformation, lastly, must be addressed through the Holy Spirit's regeneration. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. So, Titus chapter 3 and verse 4 says, But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, that's John 3.16, by the way, in case you want to put the verses together. He saved us, not because of the righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new what? And a new what? Through who? He generously poured out the spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. By confession of my, by belief that God loves me and wants to save me, and the confession of my sins against him, the confession that I am spiritually dead and desire to be spiritually alive, trust that Jesus Christ is the way that that happens. The Holy Spirit comes upon us and regenerates us, brings us back to life. Something powerful and mysterious takes place at the very center of the soul of man where the spirit of God comes inside of you and he reaches into the very core of your being and through the, your reception of Jesus Christ as your savior, your sins are forgiven and you no longer are spiritually dead, you're spiritually alive because of what the spirit of God has done for you. The moment you surrender yourself to Christ, the spirit enters your lives and you're born again. And this can happen quietly or this could be a very dramatic experience. But it's different for each of us. Mine wasn't very dramatic. I didn't have a, oh. I had an oh my moment where I knew that I was separated from God. I knew that I was sinfully, or sinfully, spiritually dead. And I needed someone to save me. And there was no way that I could save myself. I had to trust in Jesus Christ. That's a miracle. And I don't know why Christians don't get more excited about that miracle, Elsie. I, 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 can't, I can't comprehend a church filled with people who when somebody passes from death into life are like, oh, oh, they got saved. That's really exciting. It's really cool. I'm glad that happened. It's like they passed from death into life. They were dead and now they're alive. Like if I had a heart attack and died right now and rose back from the dead, you'd be like, that was a cool service. That was awesome. We went to church. Pastor Andy died right on the platform. It was terrible. It was a horrible experience. And then all of a sudden, he popped back up. And look at him. He's alive. But I can't believe we don't get more excited about that. You, you want graveyards to be opened up. And I'm telling you, there's graveyards all around us. There's graveyards in this room filled with people who are dead in their sins and trespasses, who need salvation through Jesus Christ. And you're not excited about that. I'm, okay. I'll go back to my corner. The first miracle is death to life. Death to life. How many of you have known somebody who was spiritually dead and came to spiritual life through Jesus Christ and they were transformed? They were not the same person they were before they met Christ. They've been changed. 
But there's a second miracle. There's death to life. That's the first one. But there's another transformation that happens in those that are truly born again. And it's life to love. It's life to love. Now, the spirit received at birth empowers us to be new creatures controlled by the love of God. And this changes us. He, he changes us. And this power of the spirit implanted in our hearts to take control of our daily lives. And through that power, we begin to develop and look like God himself. We begin to replicate what God is. Now, God is what? What do we know about God? God is love, right? So that would mean if God is love and the spirit of God indwells me, I should begin to transform into somebody who is known by their love. It's not deep. This is not tough. But this is where many people get confused. They claim to be born again, but the only fruit of their faith is a prayer that they prayed. Yet there's no fruit of love in them, the fruit of the spirit. One of the, fruit, the first fruit of the spirit is what? Love. So if somebody has been transformed and they're spiritually dead and now they're brought to spiritual life, one of the first things that should be happening in them is that love should begin to change in them. What they love, who they love, how they love, and why they love should change. See, this new life that's in them is seen in the transformation of what and how they love. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know. I, I can put it in my pocket. Then it seems like I'm disinterested and I don't want to seem that way. I don't know why I can't preach to this side. I'm really struggling. Must be you don't need it as much as the people on this side. <laughs> the sinners are on that side. Welcome to new life. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14 is where I'm going to get a lot of my drive for the next year. This is my... Um, 2023 verses that I'm going to be living my life according to. Uh, and it's, it's very powerful. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14 says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all and we believe that we have all died to our old life, we, we also believe that we have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. Those who receive new life will no longer live for themselves, but instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So then we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. And one time we thought that Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and new life has begun. Let me just summarize that transformation. Somebody who has been born again, somebody who has had spiritual transformation, they were dead now they're alive. They went from death to life. They begin to be motivated by a different kind of love. They used to love themselves. Now they've learned to love God and learned to love others. There should be this love of God and love of others. He's ended his old life. You've been spiritually transformed. The spirit of God indwells you. You don't want to go back to the life that you used to live. Like the moment you get saved, you should get up and say, I don't, want to go, I don't want to go back and be that person anymore. I don't want to be that person that I was by nature, loving myself. I don't want to be that person by nature uh, who only cared for myself. I don't want to be that person by nature. I can't remember all the other ones that were on that list. You'll have to go back and read it. He's ended his old life. Like, you watch this person who's trusted Christ as your Savior, and they used to do these things, and now they say, I don't want to do those things anymore because that's the way I used to be. That's the things I used to do. That's the person I used to want to 
act like. I don't want to be that way anymore because I've been transformed. He no longer lives for himself, but he lives for Christ. Like everything he does in life is about Jesus. It's no longer about himself. He no longer loves the things of the earth, but he loves the things of heaven. He enjoys the spirit more than he does stuff. He sees people the way that God does with love and grace. When you're selfish by nature and you start sacrificing for people that you don't even know, that's transformation. See, this is a new person. His old life is gone, a new life has begun. So somebody who is spiritually dead, who comes, goes, passes from death into life, begins to have a life that is about love. That's a miracle. When you take selfish people and make them selfless, that's a miracle. This person cares about, if you, if you go on in the chapter, this person cares about reconciling people to God. He, he's known by his love. He draws people to Jesus, crying to them, come back to God. Like Once they are, go from death to life and they live a life to love, they want people to have what they have. They want people to be loving like they are. They, they will go after people to encourage them to trust Christ as their savior. Pride becomes humility. Selfishness becomes sacrifice. Sin becomes rejected. Holiness is pursued. Like you want to be holy because he is holy. Did I lose you there? You love being with God. And you want others to have that which you have. And the only reason you don't want others to have that is because maybe you don't have it yourself. Because when you go from spiritual death to spiritual life, and you go from that life that you was selfishness, and you go to start loving people, that's transformation. That's a miracle. Ladies, how many of you would love it if your husbands would love the way that Jesus loves? Yeah, don't say anything out loud because that's... <laughs> how many guys would you love if your wife loved the way that Jesus loved? You would just love that they would love you the way that Jesus does. Death to life. Life to love. That's a, trans that's a miracle. When you start loving people, like sacrificing your life for people that you don't even know. Like there's people in this room, I don't even know you. But I've sacrificed my whole life to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. Why? Because for some weird reason, I've been transformed into a person who didn't even like people. I didn't. <laughs> Ask my wife. I liked her. There's reasons for that. She's likable. But how God transformed me and changed me. Through the new birth, he made me, taught me to love people. Finally. Whoops, that's short. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting my pages all mixed up. See, the greatest miracle is death to life. 
No, I got to back up. I got to back up because I got my pages all mixed up. Because I got to read a verse to you. I missed a verse, didn't I? Sorry about that, Tristan. 1 John chapter 3, verse 14 says, If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death into life. But a person who still has no love is still dead. See, if you don't love the brothers and sisters who are believers, if you don't love gathering together with Christians, if you don't enjoy going to church, you've probably never been born again. Because there's no love transformation that's happening in you. Have you ever wondered why you, you go to church and you put up with people the way that you do? Because you love them. Well, how do I love them? It's a supernatural kind of love. It's not a natural kind of love because natural kind of love says, if you do this for me and you do this the way that I want you to, then I'm going to love you. Supernatural love says, I'm going to love you no matter what you do. It's not about what you do for me. It's about how I love you because of how I've been loved by Jesus. If you were to take time to study men and women who are transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ through the scriptures over 2,000 years, it would show the same thing. Those who are born again love the church and give their lives for her. Jesus gave his life for the church, not the schools, not the sports, not the stuff. He gave his life for the church. The greatest miracle is death to life. The second greatest miracle is life to love. When you don't love and now God makes you loving. But the third one, the third miracle that I think we need to ask ourselves if this has been performed in us, if this is happening in us, is love to live. Death to life is powerful. For men to live to love is a great miracle. But what's the most, what, what the most powerful miracle of God is when a man or woman loves to live like Jesus. We don't want to live like ourselves. We want to be like Jesus. We want to imitate him. We want to be like him in every aspect of our lives. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. There is nothing, if Jesus Christ is your Savior, you are born again and you live to love, there's nothing you can't do but to live a godly life. You've been given everything. Say, well, I just really struggle to live a godly life. It might be that you're not born again. I know that's, I'm being very rude. But he's, by his divine power, by the spirit of God, is what he's talking about. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory. And because of his glory and his excellency, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature. And escape the world's corruption, speaking of the natural man, caused by human desires. To share in his divine nature. You know, this is frustrating for me. Pastor Angelo, for a year and a half, has been promoting living like Jesus. 
And he's been working so hard and been doing, putting everything together for Christians to do everything you, to receive everything you need to be like Jesus. But how few of you have grabbed a hold of those truths? How few of you are willing to live like Jesus? First John chapter two, verse six, let's read it. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Does that need any theological work? Those who say they live in God, those who say that they're born again, those who say they've been raised from death unto life, those who say they are believers in Jesus Christ, who say they live in God, should live their lives as Jesus did. This is not a suggestion. This is not a thought. This is a truth. And it's an expectation of God that if we've been transformed, if the miracle of transformation, death unto life has happened to us, and we begin, to love other, we begin to love the way that he loves. We should live the way that he lives. 1 Peter 2.21. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is our example that you may follow in his steps. It is not easy to be like Jesus because we want revenge, not reconciliation. Right? We want to get revenge, not reconciliation. We... We want it to be easy. We don't want to have to suffer for the name of Jesus. But somebody who's been born again and who loves to live or lives to love, he wants to be exactly like Jesus. He wants to do exactly how Jesus would handle every situation. He's called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Sometimes it's hard to forgive when you've been wronged. We're still supposed to forgive. Sometimes we have to be hung on a cross, crucified for the sake of the gospel. But we don't want to have to, we don't want to get shamed or be humiliated by sharing the gospel. Yet Jesus gave his life for the gospel's sake. Ephesians 5.1 says, imitate God therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children, because you've been born again. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us, loved us and offered himself a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. That's a miracle when somebody can live their life as Jesus does, does and offer their lives up being a living sacrifice. Ephesians 4.22, we're almost done and you'll be happy. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. The natural man, you must say to the natural man, I don't want to live this way anymore. I want to live the way Jesus does. I want to live the supernatural lifestyle. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. It is a miracle. Well, that's what happened. I went the wrong way. It's a miracle. When you call upon Jesus and you're forgiven of your sins and the spirit of God indwells you and washes you white as snow and you no longer are dead but now you're alive. 
It is a miracle when you love yourself more than anything else and you are born again and you begin to love people that you don't even know. And you don't even know why you love them. You just do. It's a supernatural transformation that happens in you. And it's amazing. It's a, it's a miracle when people want to actually be like Jesus. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came that the world might be saved through him. There's lots of Christians who love to condemn other people for what they do in their lives. But they won't share the gospel with that same person. It's a miracle when people share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Death to life, life to love, love to live. For some, this transformation is quick. Like you'll be born again and all of a sudden you'll just be like transformed in this amazing, loving, compassionate, Christ-like person. Some of you have done that. Some of you are that in your life. I've, I've, I've seen it happen. Like you just, you get saved and you get baptized and you start attending church and you start following Jesus and you start reading your Bible and you start praying and you start loving people and you start inviting everybody that you know to church and they all think that you're crazy and what happened to you? Why are you, why are you inviting me to church? I don't need to go to church and you know better than that because they're spiritually dead so you invite them anyway and you don't care how embarrassing it is. You don't care how much you have to suffer. You start serving, you start loving, you start caring for people's kids that you don't even know. Amen. And you don't know why you're doing that. It's like, it's a miracle. And then you start becoming just like Jesus. Like your friends say, why are you holier than thou? And you can just share with them, I'm just like Jesus. <laughs> that's not my problem, that's your problem. I'm gonna love you anyway. I'm going to sacrifice my life for you, whether you want me to or not. I'll go to the cross if I have to to see that you're born again. Some of that happens quick. Some of it happens a little bit slower. So don't go freaking out on me. But if you've been saved for five years, you should have some of this. Or I'd be asking myself some questions. Am I born again? If there's no spiritual transformation that happens in you, there's probably been no spirit's impartation in you. Like if you've been saved for five years and you don't love the church yet, I don't believe you know Christ as your savior. I believe you're still spiritually dead because the spiritually dead natural loves, naturally loves themselves more than they love the children of God. You know you've been born again when you love people that you have no idea why you love these people, but you love these people. And you show up every week to see these people. Even when they're jerks to you, you still love these people. Even when you got to forgive them 490 times in a day, every time they, right? If you're not wanting to be like Jesus, I promise you the spirit of God's not indwelling you. Because that's what he does inside of us. If you say, what, what's, what was that? Let me read the verse one more time. First John 2.6. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Like, if you don't have a desire to be like Christ, 
to sacrifice your life for others, to serve. I've got a sermon that I'm putting together on um, washing feet and how Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. He did the dirtiest job and he was the least person that should have done that. The other disciples should have, but he did it. He went and washed other people's feet. Why? Because he loves people. If you're not willing to wash someone's feet, which is gross, by the way, especially if you walk around in sandals or flip-flops. You ever smell flip-flop people who wear flip-flops? It's nasty. If you wash somebody's feet like that, there's got to be something different about you because that's not natural. I'm not naturally, that's just not going to happen naturally. It's supernatural. Yeah, I'll do it because the Spirit of God moves me to, but I'm not going to do it because that's just a weird fetish. <laughs> there should be some fruit in your life that there's evidence that you pass from death into life and that your life loves what Jesus loves and that you love to live like Jesus. You want to be like him. You're so busy looking for miracles. I, I, somebody said this the other day to me. They said, well, I just believe that, that when God heals me because of my physical condition, the church is going to stand up and say, God's awesome. What they don't see is God's already transformed me. He's already changed me. I went from death into life because I trusted Jesus Christ to be my savior. I am, no, I am not worried about, like, if I did have a heart attack and die, please do not resurrect me. Please, I don't want to come back here. My wife has life insurance. She's taken care of. She's fine. She'll find a new man. That's okay. He'll probably be more handsome and smarter than the one she's got. I don't care. Just don't bring me back. I want to look at Jesus and say, Jesus. And I'd say, No. Be drugged back to this place. <laughs> I've been passed from death unto life. I honestly, I did not love people. I did not like people. I wanted to stay away from people. I, if I could have worked a job like all by myself, if I could figure out how to, I won't say that. <laughs> I've given my life for people. I love people. I will give my life for you. And you say, well, you don't even know me. I know that. That's the crazy thing. I will do that. Why? Because the spirit of God indwells me and it says, love these people. And I want to be like Jesus. And y'all know I'm not really good at it. I'm trying. But I'm trying to love the way that he loves. And I'm trying to put up with the things that I have to put up with and suffer the things I have to suffer. Why? So that you might hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that there's a God out there that gave his only son to pay for your sins because he loves you and wants to bring you from death unto life. He wants to perform the greatest miracle you'd ever imagine in your life by you being spiritually dead, being brought to spiritual life through your faith in Jesus Christ. And that he will take that faith and turn it into love and you'll just start loving things and loving the, the things of God like you never loved them before. And people will be like, why are you always at church? Because I love the church. I love those people. I don't know why. They're crazy. 
They're all messed up. We talk about church hurts all the time. That's the problem with church hurts is you're not forgiving them. You're not trying to be like Christ. Jesus gave his life for the church, sacrificed himself on the cross for the church. Ephesians chapter 5. I try to be like Jesus. I It's hard. I'm not saying this is easy, but it is a miracle. Instead of looking for me to be physically healed, why don't you look at the spiritual healing that's happened in me through what Jesus Christ has done for me? Stop looking for Jesus to heal your marriage. Start looking to him to heal your heart, to transform you. Maybe stop praying that he heals your marriage and start praying that he heals your spouse by transforming them through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe the problem with your spouse is they're dead and they need to come to life. Maybe the reason why your friend doesn't love people is because they've never been loved by God. Without transformation, there's no truth. Do people see in you the miracle of death to life? Who you used to be by nature, and now you are by Christ. Do they see you being different? Do they feel the miracle of living to love? Do they feel the love that you have for them that sometimes isn't deserved? And do they know Jesus through your life to live? Like, could they look at you and say, that's exactly how Jesus is? Jesus would act the exact same way that Nick does. Jesus would act the same way that Joey does. Jesus would act the same way that Pat does. When I look at Pat, I see Jesus. Jesus was a little bit shorter, (laughs) Jewish, Savior, Pat's taller, a sinner in need of a Savior. If not, the miracle hasn't happened in you. We should be wanting to be like Christ. We should be begging him, transform me, change me, make me new. If you're here today and Christ isn't your Savior, you're spiritually dead, you need to be born again. How do I do that? Believe that Jesus Christ was sent to this earth to pay for your sins. To repent of your sins then as well. To say, I'm spiritually dead. And call upon God through Jesus Christ to pay for your sins. And then believe that when you call upon God to save you from your sins, the Spirit of God's going to come and dwell you, and He's going to wash you white as snow. You may not feel that spiritual transformation, but it happens. Maybe some of you are in that place where you just, you know you're born again. You just don't love. 
Go back to point number one and ask yourself, am I really spiritually alive? And if you are and you know it and you're positive, not by the work that you've done, but by the work that he did for you, ask yourself, why am I not loving? God revealed to me why I'm not loving the way that you would love because it doesn't make sense to me. I need that miracle in my life. I need the miracle of loving people who don't make sense. Maybe, maybe you've got that. Maybe you've got that. Maybe you, you love your church. You love your friends. You love your Christian friends. You love your children, which I hope you all do. Otherwise, you'll leave them here and we've got no place to put them. Maybe the problem is you don't really want to be like Jesus. I think that's the miracle that scares me the most. Because we can teach you and teach you and teach you and teach you what Jesus was like. But until you desire to be like him, that miracle will never happen in your life. And people will not come to know the truth of who Jesus Christ is unless they see it lived out in the miracle of transformation in us. Have you been transformed? Have you, have you experienced that miracle? And just rejoice in that for a moment if you have. That's not a negative. Maybe you've been transformed. Like Jesus saved you. You're born again. You didn't love and now you love. You, you didn't want to, you, you wanted to live for yourself, but now you want to live like Jesus. Come on, celebrate that for a moment. Can you do that? Some of you are doing this really well. Some of you are, are, are miracle. You're walking around and you're a miracle. Because I remember who you were before you were a natural man or when you were a natural man, when you were selfish and self-centered, when you were prideful. Come on now. When you didn't reject sin, when you didn't pursue holiness. And now you want those things in your life. Let's, could we stand please? Because I don't know what to do which is rare. Death unto life, life to love, love to live. Could we bow our heads and close our eyes real quick? How many of you in the room would be honest with me today and say, I need a miracle today in my life? I need a miracle today. I need a miracle today. I need to feel a miracle today. I need to be born again. Let's be honest. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Nobody's looking around at me just because I want to respect people's privacy. I need to be born again. Could you raise your hand? Amen. Do you believe that God loves you? Raise your hand. Do you believe that God will forgive you of your sins? Would you like to call upon God to save you today? Do you want to be saved today? If you want to be saved today, I need you to raise your hand. 
Let's pray. In fact, let's do this, and this is not to embarrass you, but I want you to come down. Come on. Come on. I'm going to celebrate with you. Come on. Come on, don't be ashamed. Come on. Jesus loves you. Come on. Do you need Jesus as your Savior? Do you need Jesus as your Savior? You need Jesus? Okay. Do you need Jesus as your Savior? Okay. Come on. We're going to pray a prayer. My prayer won't save you, your prayer will. You're calling upon God to forgive you of your sins and to bring you new life. Pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus. No, I need you to pray out loud. Dear Lord Jesus. I am spiritually dead. And I know you want me to I know you want to bring life to me. I'm confessing my sins to you. And take a moment and just think of a sin that you've committed against God that you would say this is an example of a sin that I've committed. share that with him I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and I'm calling upon him to forgive me of what I've done I'm trusting you, Jesus, to be my Savior. And believe that by calling upon you, I'll be born again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here's the thing. If you just trusted Christ to be your Savior, your sins are forgiven. You were spiritually dead, now you're alive. You were dead, now you're alive. You were dead. You were dead, now that you're alive. So the next step is to not be ashamed of that. The next step is baptism. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism won't save you. Baptism is a picture of what happened inside of you spiritually that we didn't get to see. You've been buried in the likeness of his death and he's raised you to walk in the newness of life. Now he's given you a new life in Christ. 
So your next step is baptism. Because we want us, we want these people to see what you're feeling. Okay? We'll talk more about that in, in just a minute. But the, the thing I want to do now is pray for you. Can I do that? Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father. By faith in you, you have raised these people from death unto life. Where their sins separated them from you, now the Savior, Jesus Christ, brings us together with you. And the Spirit of God now indwelling them will begin to transform their lives. From death unto life, they've been transformed. They're trusting in what you've done for them to save them. And now, Father, their next step is to live to love. Let them sense that transformation that happens in them. That they'll begin to love the things that you love. And the Father, they'll want to be like Christ. They'll want to transition to life to love. They'll want to be like you. They'll want to love like you. They'll want to serve like you. They'll want to sacrifice like you. Father, let them know without a shadow of a doubt that there's a miracle that happened today. Let this congregation realize that what we do makes a difference in the lives of people and that miracles do happen. And this is the greatest miracle that could ever happen. Death to life, life to love, love to live. Encourage these people to trust you and take their next steps of faith. Encourage them to not be afraid to ask questions. to not be afraid to trust you. And Jesus, we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. When, if, you, if you're standing up here, you're welcome to go back. If you want to, you can stay here. How many of you would claim that you're born again? You're born again, but you struggle to love. Come on. Struggle to love, struggle to love, struggle to love. Would you do me a favor? And I'm going to, not to embarrass you, but I want you to come up front. I'm having a busy altar day today. Struggle to love. Struggle to love. Do you struggle to love? Struggle to love? Struggle. It's a struggle. 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 Okay. I want you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, it's not about you, it's about the people you gave your life for. Help me love the way you loved. Helping me to realize that love is sacrifice. And that by loving somebody, 
no matter how they treat me. means that I may need to forgive and without repeating this just pray for those you need to forgive right now just the ones that come to the top of your mind hopefully you don't have a long list but just love those people enough to forgive them right now I want to love the way you love Jesus. Help me to live that way. In Jesus we pray. Amen. If you in the front can just look at me real quick. What I need you to do is who you're having struggles loving, I need you to go to that person. I need you to tell them that you love them. If you need to forgive them, go to them and tell them that you forgive them. If you're struggling to love the church, you're struggling to love those things, you need to confess that to your church. Because we love you with all our hearts. We would sacrifice our lives for you. We're willing to do that. Let's pray one last time. Let Let me pray for you. Father, sometimes it's hard to love. Sometimes it's hard to for that to be a miracle in our life. But if we claim to be followers of you, love should be the mark that we leave on this world. Especially loving those that may not deserve it or may be difficult this, this week. Be a love that reflects the love of Christ. Encourage their hearts, Lord God, to love the way you love. In Jesus we pray and all God's people said, Thank you. You guys can go be seated. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm not done yet. How many of you would be honest today and say, I'm struggling to live like Jesus? He was full of too much grace. He's just too kind. Heads bowed, eyes closed. How many would be honest with me and raise your hand and say, I'm struggling to live like Jesus. I'm struggling. It might be, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to say this, it might be that you don't know him. That might be your biggest problem. You don't know him. You don't study the word. You don't get into it. You don't hang around people who are like Jesus. It might be that you just don't know what that looks like. It might be that you're choosing not to. It might be that it's just too hard to sacrifice your life for people. Let me just pray with you. I'm not going to have you come down. I just want to pray with you. Dear Lord Jesus, you are so perfect and so pure and so powerful that it is hard for us to be like you. Our human nature fights us all the time. We struggle with with selfishness and self-centeredness and the things of nature that keep us from you.
But Father, you promised us that your spirit would give us the ability and the strength to walk the way that you walked. So Father, those who are struggling to live like Jesus, I pray they take a moment right now and just call upon you and ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit today. Because if we're full of your spirit, we're going to live the way that your spirit leads. And your spirit's always going to lead us into holiness and righteousness of, of God and live like Jesus. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if those of you that are struggling to live like Jesus would just take a moment and call upon the spirit of God who should be indwelling you if you're born again to overpower your natural self and give you a supernatural ability to be like Christ. Pray that prayer. Father, we should be a different church after this. We should be a different people. We should not be like the world. We should be more like the word. So, fathers, we end this service. Or almost end it. We do so thanking you for those who have passed from death into life. We rejoice in the fact that you have forgiven the sins of so many by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that that decision was so real that they can't help but love to do what's next. Father, I pray for those who are struggling with love. I, there's multiple reasons why. I don't know why. I just know this that if we're full of your spirit, we're full of your love. And Father, those that are struggling to be like Jesus, empower them, empower them to have a testimony of Christ-likeness, that they would live their lives and act in a way that would glorify and honor you. We love you. In Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Would you be seated for just a second? We're gonna have Joey close the service out. If you've trusted Christ as your savior, I would like you to speak to me at the end of the service so we can help you with whatever your next steps are. Amen? Don't be ashamed or embarrassed. We're not gonna embarrass you. We're not gonna call you out. I already called you out and made you come up front. That was bad enough. Joey? So, uh, every week, all the time, uh, there is a miracle that happens throughout this church. People take their hard-earned money and they give it sacrificially to us, to this church body, for the spread of the gospel um, and to keep the lights on and everything. So, uh, when we were talking about transformation, I just, that's what really came to my mind, you know. There's a difference between 
reading in the Bible what it says about giving, hearing a preaching about what we're giving. Without doing anything, that's what you'll have. Some memories of something you learned. But by hearing what God has to say about giving and then actually giving, you get transformation, right? Information plus information equals information. Information plus application equals transformation. And I think that's a miracle that there are people, our church body here, there's no return on investment here. We're not sending you any refunds or rebates. You are giving without expectation of a monetary reward. And I think that is a miracle. There are children in an orphanage in Mexico right now you will never see that you just give. And I thank you for that. Thank you for your expression of faith and your sacrificial giving. Um, the ways that we give at our church, uh, we have our, you can drop it off at the mailbox uh, anytime. Um, we have our giving box outside. And on our website, newlifehistoria.com, uh, and also the Church Center app. And, um, yeah, just a few announcements. We, uh, our Christmas Eve service is going to be on Christmas Eve. And uh, it'll be at 3 p.m. Yes, 3 p.m. on Saturday, Christmas Eve. That means we won't have a Christmas service. So it's a family service on Christmas Eve. Bring your kids. We will have nursery for, like, kids two and under. And we're all going to get together and celebrate. Um, and Rooted is next, uh, next year. So if you're looking to start something new, all right. I'm going to try and get out of this. I usually try to sell you on Rooted, right? What you're going to get. What are you going to get? You'll get plenty of things, but kind of just like our sacrificial giving, you are going to give without expectation of getting. All right? So I'll tell you what you will give. You will give your time. You will give $20 for a book. And you will give honest conversation to others that are trying to explore God in this life uh, just like you. So if you're interested in Rooted, uh, come speak to me. Uh, it's 10 weeks. Uh, we'll do it every Tuesday for the first 10 Tuesdays of uh, 2023. And I can go into more detail with you about that. We learn about the rhythms of a Christian life. So uh, everybody, please rise. I just want to make yes, one sir. thing clear because you're, you weren't very clear. Okay. There, there, is, there is no Sunday service next Sunday. Yeah. The reason we do that, and don't be judging me, but the reason we do that is because most of the people in this church have served faithfully throughout the year and they're they're a little tired so we're giving them a sunday to be with their family we're giving you a sunday to be with your family so we're doing that service on christmas eve so we'll have a saturday night service three o'clock maybe we can do some baptisms so anybody wants to get baptized in the building whatever you want to do have a great time anyway no service next sunday but we will have a service on the first 
kick off the year that way. Anyway, yeah. thanks, guys. Bye, con Dios. <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks. Have a great day. <laughs>